Are there any good-looking podcast listeners out there tonight? Soccer dude, rockin' America. He doesn't know soccer, but he's gonna talk about soccer dude, rockin' America. Tactical analysis. Transfer news. Unlikely. Hey, that's not what I wrote. I don't really care. We're going with it now. All right. Soccer new back in America. Soccer new back in America. Featuring person talking about soccer lots. Hello and welcome to episode 97 of Soccer Noob Rock in America featuring Person Noob. Hello! Yeah, that's my 10-year-old kid. She comes in, co-hosts the show. I handle the majority of the soccer-related stuff. She comes in and adds her own flair, her own segments. You'll find out soon enough. Just as the theme song would indicate, it can get a little bit silly, but mostly we're here for the learning and fun of exploring soccer from all over the world, not just America, like you might think from our name. In fact, this week, we're going to be doing many match previews. They're going to cover our soccer week, which is Friday through Thursday. This episode, that is the 19th through 25th of August. What kind of matches? Well, a lot of the matches that you might hear talked about on other shows, top flight matches from various domestic leagues around the world or big matches from international club or national team tournaments, sure. But we're not afraid to go to every far-flung corner of the footy world, uh, to confederations, leagues, teams, big and small. If it's important where it's being played, there's a pretty good chance that it's on our radar. And that enables us to cover matches that this side of the Atlantic, at the very least, you won't probably find covered anywhere else. But before we do our semi-deep dive into the soccer, all the matches from all over the world. First, let's do a semi-deep dive into the world of Person Noob. Yay! Yay! Because the one thing we've heard from all the people on Twitter is the soccer is fine, but that you are the draw. The muscle of the show is how it's been done. And I have always called you not just my co-host, but the star. How are you today? Pretty good. That is good to hear. Are you dreading having to go back to school shortly? Yes. I mean, you've already got started going back to school, but I mean for the coming week. So have you gone for one f- one full week and change or two full weeks and change now? Um, uh, We started the 11th, so that would be Thursday, then Friday, then last week, and then there's this week. Gotcha. Okay, so you've been back for about a week and a half. All right, now your favorite subject last year was math? No. No, what was your favorite last year? Science. Okay, what is what has been, uh, I realize it's very early in the year, but what's been your favorite so far this year? Hmm, I don't know. Is there anything you're really, really not liking, subject-wise? Um, I don't like, uh, <clears throat> I like it all. You like it all? Nothing is left out as your favorite? I know you're, uh, everybody takes Spanish all the time, don't they? Or do you have to be in a certain grade to start taking Spanish? Um, I think pre, um, yeah, everyone does take Spanish. Gotcha. So do you, have you learned any new Spanish? Yes. All right. What would you like to tell us in Spanish that you've learned? 
Oh, from this year? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't care. I mean, I wouldn't know. Because <laughs> um, I'm not in there. Uh, I remember something that had to do with Osos. Osos means bears. Oh, bear, bears like like wild bears? Or I was bears. raised by a family of bears? Teddy bears. Does it also mean real live bears or is it just teddy bears? Probably real life bears. Is it O-S-O? Oso? O-S-O-S. Means bears. That's very scary. I'm trying to think of. I remember. I remember Gato. Who would win in a fight between an Oso and a Gato? What's a Gato? Cat. A bear would win. <laughs> I think you're right. But you learned bear before you learned cat. That's very very interesting. Well, I'm glad that you are enjoying school and all of your subjects uh, relatively evenly. Although, if you dislike some eventually, or you like some better than others down the road, that is okay. And what else new are you doing uh, after school on Wednesdays? Oh, yeah. Well, it's Mondays now, but I'm doing gymnastics, and I think I'm going to throw up eventually. I was, I was like, super a tad bit close. How did that happen, or almost happen? Um, I had to do um, I had to do a handstand cartwheel. I had, I, I had to do a hands, I, I had to do a walkover. I had to do a bunch of walkers. I love them. I have to do a bunch of walkovers. I have to do flips, handstands, cartwheels, mm. all of them. Now, was, this was all on placement day, where they were trying to determine what level you were going to be at since you're starting in a new place? Yep, but... Now, have you had your first official one at this new place yet? Your first yep. official lesson? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And is that when you were doing all this too? Yep. Yeah, so make sure to hydrate, but maybe not eat too much before you go. Walkovers are Fun. I'm sure they are, but you know what's not fun and not a part of any Olympic routine? Not exactly. that I'm pushing you to go that far if you don't want. No. Projectile vomiting. <clears throat> not impressive to the judges. They will deduct points. They will They will, They will. will say, nope, she was gone. Even if you're polite and keep a bucket on the far end of the mat from the judges and Ralph into that. You've ever heard it called Ralphing before? No. That's a great word for it. Ralph. So, not only did we learn about soccer today, but Person Noob learned a new slang term for um, erupting, which is like the scientific word for it. Now you've learned two words. Erupting, on one end of the spectrum, is very, very scientific, and ralphing, which is slightly less scientific. Nice. Anything else you'd like to tell the good people before we get into the soccer? Watch My Hero Academia on Hulu, and tell (laughs) me whether or not you like Ochoa. Ochako or Toga? Uh, if you decide to follow through on that, the best, oh, well, really only way to get any kind of message to her is at uh, Soccer Noob USA on Twitter. She's uh, a big anime fan. And yes. you watch anything besides My Hero Academia? I've watched some Naruto. I'm aware of the Seven Deadly Sins, and I've seen some of Attack on Titan. Maybe you'll be able to have your own podcast on anime. Maybe. But then I'd lose my, lose my co host for soccer. No. Nah. No, you'd still do this with me? Yeah. Awesome. I'm an anime professional. And I am a soccer noob, but I'm still going to try to do some mini previews. And here we go with... Match number one! Right out of the gate Friday night for our first match, we're going to have our Major League Soccer featured match of the week with number six, LA Galaxy, taking on number nine, Seattle. Now, normally we do a lot of top two matchups or teams that are very close to the tops of their tables, but we want to get to know a lot of different teams, and there is just as much, in a way, at stake with matches like this because in Major League Soccer, this is for our newer fans of the game listening, 
Uh, the whole league is divided into two conferences, East and West, and it is the top seven that make the playoffs. Also, the top teams from each conference will get a buy-in of the quarterfinals. The Galaxy and the Sounders, number six and nine in the West, really probably don't have to worry about that. They just want to get in, and the table is all cramped up in that area. Listen to this. Uh, the Galaxy, at the time that I scouted it, it might be different by the time you hear it, of course, but before this game, are in a three-way tie on points with Nashville and Portland. In fact, they only lead Seattle by one. So there's a lot of teams playing musical chairs down there, and the music is fast-paced. Seattle, uh, they won when they played on their turf earlier in the season, three to two, and that evened up the series in recent years between them at 14, 11, and 14. You can catch this particular edition on ESPN, The Mothership, 10 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll talk about the hosts as we always do on this show first. The Galaxy, they won what is now the CONCACAF Champions League back in 2000. The format changed just a little bit later. But anyway, that's still quite a, uh, you know, quite a bow for them. Five league titles, but the most recent one is 2014. So not way back, but perhaps their halcyon days are a little bit behind them. In fact, for all intents and purposes, they're playing fiddle to the number one LA, Gal- era, LA Galaxy, uh, LAFC right now. In fact, this team hasn't even won their conference since 2011. Last year, they finished in eighth place, missing the playoffs. This year, they're very well balanced, and I think they're probably going to stay right about where they are as they have a top six offense and defense both. The best player that they have going, in my opinion, and he's not the guy that gets the most hype on the team, is Marco Delgado, central midfield, right smack in the middle of things. He's only got two goals, but that's not really his job. He is a really accurate passer, even for his position, and he has loads of interceptions. Head on a swivel and very fast, as Toronto fans would remember, because he spent eight years with them before coming over here this year. He even earned six national team caps for the U.S. uh, back in 2017-2018. But who's been red hot? Uh, Their real superstar over the long term, uh, Javi Hernandez, their 34-year-old Mexican center forward, 10 goals, Just one assist, but that's not really his job. And three of those goals have come just in the last two matches. And he's got quite the European pedigree. Guy played for Man United for the longest stretch of his career. Uh, That was before they were in last place, which was at least the case a few days ago. Hard to believe. Anyway, as far as the Galaxy, their current form, well, their past six, they have been on a win-loss pattern, uh, strictly speaking. Uh, Seattle. They won, and under the new format, this is the first time an American team has won it, the CONCACAF Champions League, just this year. What a trophy to get, and yet here they are struggling to get into the playoffs even. Two league titles to their credit, they won in 2016 and 2019. Last year, they finished in third place in the West, but they bowed out of the playoffs in the first round. This year, the offense hasn't been serving them very well. They're near the bottom statistically in the West, but they've got the number three defense going, and uh, that has been enough to keep them uh, almost afloat, let's say treading water. Best player that they've had going on the team this year is Nicholas uh, Ladero. He is uh, their Uruguayan uh, attacking midfielder, 34 years old. Both teams really rely on veteran play. Five goals, five assists, and he really should have more assists. He creates lots of chances. Uh, He's been an adequate passer for a guy who plays center midfield, but not uh, not overwhelming in that department for his opponents. Uh, He doesn't offer a lot on D to to be perfectly honest, and he's not a tremendous dribbler. So he is supposed to be an assist guy, get a few goals, and that's pretty much it. And in a lot of years, that's been good enough for them. 
But this year, they've been having some trouble at the front and of late at the very back. Their issues seem to be that Rui uh, Diaz has gone a little bit cold all the way up front at their point of attack. And Will Bruin hasn't been real great either when he's up there. On the other thing is end of things, Stephen Fry has not been... Uh, He's been a little bit off his game in recent matches, and I think to get any kind of result out of this game, they're going to have to get great play from both ends. But the team has lost three of their last four matches. Match number B. Person Noob, thank you as always for helping us make the world a much more couth and polite place. Number two, it's out. It's bathroom talk. It is yucky, I think is a scientific word. Number B is the way to go. Hopefully everybody joins us in our revolution. And now, strap in, we've got a long flight, get big bags of peanuts for you as we head off to Asia, specifically Thailand, for a round of 16 matchup between Patum United and Kitchi. The guests play out of Hong Kong for this one, and they only play one match. There's no home and away tie like they do in Europe for this. The winner will get to play a South Korean team, either Daegu or Jeonbu, probably the latter. If you get up early enough, uh, folks in the States, you can watch this on Paramount+. Plus. 4 o'clock a.m. This is your insomnia special. We'll talk about Pat Hume United out of Thailand first. They are the Rabbits, and they are one of two rabbit-related teams we're going to have on this podcast. I love their crest. The Rabbit's a little weird. It's a, It looks like a little jowly dog. It's got a really uh, skinny, elongated, angular head, too. I would never want to see one that looked like that in real life. Uh, the team plays out of a province that is called Patum Thani. That is what the team is named for. It's in the central part of the country, uh, just north of Bangkok proper, part of the greater metro area. This area has about one and a quarter million people. The club is a moderately young one, founded in 2006, and they were actually known as Bangkok Glass until 2018. This is their third Champions League appearance. Last year, they made the round of 16. That was the best they have ever done. So good luck to them. Why not in trying to top that with a win this particular match? They qualified for this event by winning uh, the Thai League One. Uh, that league, by the way, is ranked number 12 in the AFC. And that was the first league title that they had ever won. Now, in the group stage for this event, they went 3-3-0 with a very impressive 11-2 goal differential, uh, and yet uh, they had a tough time because they only beat Melbourne Victory by two on goal differential. The Australians were very strong as well. I believe both got to move forward. This year in league play, they are currently in second place, which I think is a good place to look to see what kind of form the team is in. And... Uh, they have the second-best offense going at over two-and-a-half goals per match, second-best defense scoring less than one goal per – or conceding, rather, less than one goal per match. Uh, tied for number three assists, key man for them to look at, again, if you're up early enough, is Chawat Virchat, or rather he would have been, but he's now a Sarazo Ozaka. I almost missed my note. So they might be leaning a little bit more on their defense as they go forward. They've got the fourth-best goalkeeper in their league. He's already got seven clean sheets, and that is – Chatchai Budprom, veteran 34 years old, who has 16 national team caps. And now Kitschy, they are all about the blue. They are known as the Blue Waves and the Blue Birds. Uh, their rank is number six in the AFC. And that is up five from a year ago. So if those if those team if those league rankings really 
uh, hold any water, so to speak, no pun intended for the blue waves. Uh, this is going to be a really competitive game, and quite frankly, why we picked it. Uh, five modern league titles they have won since 2014. And then uh, before the current incarnation of the Hong Kong Premier League, they have won the top division in their country six other times over the years. This is their second straight Champions League appearance. It made the group stage last year. That was the best they've ever done. Also, they made the AFC Cup semifinal. That's the secondary tournament in Asia for clubs. And that is the best overall international finish they have ever had. They qualified for this event by being the 2020-2021 league champs. And by the way, that's the case for both of these teams. Some of the teams are a little bit uh, off kilter when it comes to qualifying for the international events, so they have to go a year and a half back. A little bit strange, but more and more of these teams and leagues are starting to follow a European schedule in time. Anyway, in the group stage for this event, not as impressive as their host today. They went 2-1-1, but just with a 7-6 and six goal differential. And in fact, they barely advanced. Uh, only three, I believe, of the second-place teams from group play advanced, and they were the very last of those. And uh, by the way, the 2021-22 league season got aborted early because of COVID. Match number three. And for match number three, it would seem we have some musical accompaniment. As person noob is, she's been taking ukulele and guitar lessons and uh, has decided to give us a little uh, ambient music, if you will. Um, if any of you guys know Pig Plus Cat, this one would be from it. Oh, the PBS show. And then from the Ice Edge, we are, we are. And then from that creepy song, Ding Dong. They're actually the same notes, pretty surprising. And I know one more, what was it called? It's from The Lion King. Oh, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Yeah. Match number three will be from the English FA Cup this Yay! episode. <laughs> Your singing is a little bit better than mine. Are you going to continue to give us some background instrumental stuff while I do match three? Yeah. Love it. All right, for match number three, as I said, we're headed to the FA Cup of England, the best FA Cup in the whole world because they reach all the way down to the 10th level on the pyramid, all the way down to semi-pro and amateur teams. Uh, to participate in this competition. Now, this is not the English FA Cup proper. That is when they consider all the Premier League teams are in and the group stage has begun. But this is where we do minnow watching, where we look for little teams that are trying to make big runs and get to or at least close to the group stage. We started with... Uh, Midhurst and Eastbourne out of the ninth level two weeks ago for the preliminary qualifying round. And now we are into what is called the first qualifying round. And they are getting to play host to fellow ninth level team, Harefield, H-A-R-E. I told you we had two rabbits, Harefield United. Still, we will once again do a little mini, mini preview on the home team, even though we talked about them two episodes ago. Midhurst and Eastbourne, they are known as the Stags. They're actually the merger of two clubs from the area from all the way back in 1946. Midhurst is in the area called West Sussex. It's about 45 miles from London. Population right there is about 3,500 people is all. It's really sort of a county town, mostly uh, serves a very rural area out further uh, west. At one point, it was very famous for making white bricks, but that closed down in 1985. The league that the team plays in is called the Southern Combination Premier Division. Last year, they finished in 
second place in the league below that, or the division below that, the Southern Combination, uh, by winning a playoff and thusly got promoted up from 10th to 9th level. I believe this is the highest they have ever been. And uh, last year they qualified, or uh, rather they performed very well by having the second best offense in their league, scoring exactly two and a half goals per match, as well as a top two defense, good for the number two overall goal differential. But... Now, who is coming to spoil it? Because we're going to follow Midhurst and Eastbourne for as long as they'll go. And at that point, we'll pick some other team. Maybe the team that beats them, maybe not. But Harefield United, they are from a West London borough, way west, called Hillingdon. And even though I've been there, so I was embarrassed not to know this, that is where Heathrow Airport is, as well as a Royal Air Force Station. And then there's also a bunch of rural area all the way around uh, besides that, so it's a very sparsely populated area, only about 300,000 people there. They are known as the Hares, and they play in what is called the Combined Counties Northern Premier Division. Uh, it basically serves the west half of London, the, the, some fairly small teams, the southeast quarter of London, and uh, many of the outlying areas uh, like Middlesex and Hampshire would be two of the bigger names. Uh, they were transferred over from the Spartan South Midlands Football League Premier Division, also ninth level. So a lateral move for them just based on uh, geography. Last year, they finished in just 11th place, but here they are. Uh, and last year, they had the fifth best offense in their league, which was very, very good. It's a deep league, but they only had the 12th best defense. So I'm thinking that we might get a little bit of a shootout in this one. If you can find an online stream for it, that'd be awesome. They advanced to this round by beating a club called Lordswood last town, a fellow ninth level team, Three to two. Again, a high scoring affair, and we anticipate another one this time. Match number four. I suspect I failed to mention it there, by the way, that last one was a Saturday match and it is our only featured Saturday match. We're already on to Sunday for the second episode in a row. We're really going to be backloaded in the week because of a lot of tournaments when they play those. So it's typically tends to be league play on the weekends, tournaments on the weekdays. Sunday, our fourth match, we switch over to the women's side of the ball, the UEFA Champions League. It is their round one final. What's been going on is everybody that's having to enter this first round, they've been broken down into little bracketed mini tournaments of four teams each. They play single legs, and the winner will get to advance to the second. So only one out of four teams. Now, due to the timing of when they're playing these and when I tend to record, I don't know both teams that are going to play. But... ZFK Spartak Zabotica from Serbia. I knew that that was a team that I wanted to look at just because I've never done Serbian women's ball before. They will be taking on either uh, Norway's club Bran with two N's or out of Turkey ALG Spore. So we've only got one team to many preview. Let's get to know the Blue Doves of Spartak. Sabotica is a city of about 150,000. It's in in an autonomous region uh, near the border with Hungary. And in fact, about a third of the city population is in fact Hungarian. Uh, Outside of the immediate metro area, you get into truly rural agricultural production land. And because of that, this part of the country is very uh, known for its food processing plants. Plus, they do still have some leftover uh, heavy industry from their socialism uh, factory days with Russia and all that. 
Now, the league they play in, the Superliga, is a fairly young one, founded in 2006. This team has won every single title since 2010-2011. I figure they've got a good chance of advancing, and that's why I wanted to take a look at them. But they've never made it past the round of 32 in this event. And in fact, they made it that far last year. Last year in league play, I almost wonder if there were typos here. I've I've seen some bad goal differentials, but they went 14-0-0, scored 107 goals and only conceded two. So their average score was something like seven to nothing, basically. Now, I wasn't able to find much really easily as far as the players, as far as who's their best were, but I will make note uh, that we did find a USA connection to my mild surprise. They do have a midfielder named Molly Fiedler playing for them. So if you need a good reason to root for one of these women's teams, there's a little incentive for you. Match number five. You get Monday off, even though the weekend wasn't quite as jam-packed as normal. Monday is usually a soccer Sabbath, if you will, a day of rest. And we move on to Tuesday for match number five for a very interesting matchup, not only for the usual reasons, but for one particular reason and that the match may not happen, which I did not know when I very first scouted it, but know now. We're back in the AFC for a Women's Champions League matchup. Uh, there's only six teams participating in this event. It's not really called the Champions League yet. They've been doing sort of little mini pilot tournaments the last few years. And starting two years from now, they're hoping to really expand it outward a great deal. So they're kind of building up the organization and seeing how it all goes. Right now, there are only six teams participating, three in their east, three in their west. Uh, each of the three will play a single round robin, and only the winners will go to the final. The teams that could be participating are Gokulam Kerala out of India and Sogdiana Jizak out of Uzbekistan. We will talk about Kerala first, even though they are the team that may be the reason that this match doesn't get played. The FA, all I've been able to say, uh, see so far is that it's because of the FA's flagrant violations, in the words of FIFA. I have no idea of what nature yet, and I did do a little bit of looking, but I don't have time for really deep dives doing 13 managers, including the bonus ones. But suffice it to say, the game may not get played because their whole FA has been suspended, which means all these clubs can't participate in international competitions. Now, if they've gotten it lifted just within the last you know, a day or two, I haven't taken I haven't taken a look. They'll be able to participate. Here's to hoping. Uh, Kerala they are known as the Malabarians. Uh, they play out of Calicut on the southwest coast in the Malabar region. Uh, their crest is so detailed and so busy, but still very cool. I hope I get the pronunciation right. The crest uses elements from something called the Theyam uh, or Tayan, T H E Y Y A M, which is a ritual art form that encompasses dance, mime, and music. Very religious, very spiritual. The club is a very young one. They were founded in just 2018. 2021-22 uh, Indian Women's League, they went 11-0-0 with a 66-4 goal differential. Uh, they beat Setu, uh, the second-best team, by just three points, though, in the 11 matches that they played. So they've got a couple of uh, very good teams, at least at that level. Uh, they also won the first title for the Indian Women's League in 2019-2020. The number one scorer in that league by far this last year was uh, El Shaddai Akiampong from Ghana. 20 goals, almost two per match. Uh, by the, and then in 2021, by the way, they also finished in second place 
in this particular event. So they've been invitees more than once. And now, Sagiana Gizak, not suspended at all as far as we know, but I couldn't find a lot of information on them. We covered the men's side from uh, Gizak just last episode. But still, it's a city of less than 200,000 in the very eastern central part of the country. They qualified for this sort of by, or got invited by being the 2021 league champs. The league is a little bit older than their counterparts today. It was founded in 1995. And the title that this team just won, Sogniana, was their first. They've had one other bit of success. This year, they won the Super Cup match. Congratulations for them on that one match trophy. They won that uh, Super Cup three over three to nil over Bunyadkor. Good luck to both. And I can't wait to see it in particular, not only this year, but in the next couple of years as this event gets bigger and bigger. And Mew to you. Let's go ahead and do a recap of last week's matches. That's what sound that sounder means. Saturday, match number one was from the second tier of U.S. football, the USL Championship. Number one, Louisville City played host to number two, Tampa Bay Rowdies. Louisville came out on top 1-0, and that dropped the Rowdies down to number three. Sunday, match number B. We really didn't have a match because we didn't know which of these uh, particular four teams, Venus, Auckland City, uh, uh, High and Guinea and Central Coast were going to be in the final, but we wanted to at least make you aware that the OFC Champions League was going on. Match number three from the Australia Cup, their FA Cup. We took a look at Peninsula Power versus Green Gully, a couple of top flight state teams, Division Two overall in Australia. And it was Peninsula Power that ended up getting the win 2 1. Wednesday, match number four, Major League Soccer, our feature match. Number three in the West at the time, Dallas, took on number one in the East, Philadelphia. Dallas got the 1 0 win. Uh, man, we said to look for no real surprise here. The young Jesus Ferreira got a goal. No change in the table for either team in the respective conferences. Match number five from the AFC Cup. We had a bit of a rout. Uh, the Uzbeks, Sagiana Jazak, they won 0-4 at Pujan of Tajikistan. Guy we said to look for, uh, Jasser Hazanov. He actually had the first two goals of the four in the match. Congratulations to him on a tremendous performance. Match number six from Liga MX. Number one, Toluca took on number B, Monterey. They played to a 1-1 draw. No change in the table for them. Lucas star, uh, Leonardo Fernandez had a goal. Thursday, match number seven from the Champions League round of 16 in Asia. Uh, a couple of Japanese teams, Misao Kobe, took on Yokohama F. Marinos, and very much a surprise here. Misao Kobe, who were in last place in the top flight league in Japan, the J1 League, uh, beat Marinos 3-2. Uh, Yokohama, they're actually in first place in the league, so I did not see that coming. Match number eight from the CONCACAF League, round of 16, first leg of the two-legged tie. Uh, the Guatemalans of Municipal took on Honduran team Olympia, and they played to a 2-2 draw. Olympia led uh, 0-2 by the ninth minute, and then they lost a player to two straight yellows late in the first half. Municipal scored, and then Olympia lost another player to a straight red moderately early or maybe about halfway through the second half, and that enabled Olympia to at least scrape out a result. We'll have to see how the second leg goes. Match number nine from the UEFA Women's Champions League. First round, we looked at Fortuna Huring taking on Eintracht Frankfurt, and it was the Frankfurt team that got the win nil-two. Congratulations to them on advancing. 
match number 10 from the AFC Women's Club Championship, which in a couple of years will officially be an expanded event and be called the Women's Champions League over there. Right now it's a pilot tournament. BGC Asian Scholars, the top team out of Thailand, took on the stars from the Anmar in ISPE, and it was the ties winning 2-0. Uh, that of there, it was only a two-round round, round ro- a two-match round robin, so that eliminated ISBE. And then our bonus matches with explanations will be coming later. The route of the week, a Sunday match from MLS Next Pro, the reserve league for Major League Soccer, and a third-tier team here in the states. Last place, Cincinnati took took on the Cruisers, Columbus Crew to first place in the East. The Hell Is Real Derby Kitty Edition, and. A little bit of a surprise. Instead of a route, we actually got a result for two teams. 3-3. Three to three. Cincinnati came back twice from 0-2 and 2-3 deficits late. No change in the table here. The most meaningless match of the world was another one from Major League Soccer. The Big Boys, number 11, Vancouver Whitecaps, and number 10, Colorado Rapids. Vancouver defended their home turf, got a 2-1 victory. That moved them up to number 7 into the playoff race, and Colorado down to number 11. And then finally, your match of disappointed, a Sunday match from Asia one more time. K-League 1, South Korea's top flight. We had number 11, Suwon Blue Wings, taking on very last place, number 12, Seongnam FC. And it was a route for the Blue Wings, who are usually much better than this. Let's see if this starts a good thing for them. Uh, Jinwoo Jian, not a player we had our eye on, but I want to note that he had a hat-trick with a 4-1 win. And this did move them up to 10th place. That concludes your recap of last Last week's matches. Now let's get back into tracking the upcoming week's matches with match number six. Back closer to home once again we come and we flip the calendar forward to Wednesday for our sixth match. We're going to feature one from the CONCACAF League, the feeder tournament to the CONCACAF Champions League. They have reached their round of 16, and they're going to play the second match of the two-legged ties home and away. We talked about them a couple weeks ago, and here they are again. Uh, Allianz are the ones playing host out of El Salvador, and we're featuring Verdes. The only team to qualify for this event is league champions out of Belize. Uh, Alianza, by the way, won the first leg nil two. So it's hard to think that they're not going to be able to defend their home turf. But we want to give one more uh, look and shout out of UL to the big green machine that are the Verdes of Belize, formerly British Honduras. Alianza, they are known as the Pachydermos. You know what that means, person noob? No. Well, it's a cognate for pachyderm. So they're like the elephants or the rhinoceroses or that general classification of animal. I'm not entirely sure that those are native to this particular area, but it's still a cool mascot. They play out of the area of San Salvador and have won 17 league titles over the years. Uh, They won what is now the CONCACAF Champions League once all the way back, though, in 1967, when I'm pretty sure there were a lot fewer teams and the format was very, very different, but still a credit to them. Uh, their league is the number eight ranked league in CONCACAF, at least according to Kick Algorithms, a site that I really like. They qualified by last year winning both league stages, the opening and closing, Apertura and Clausura. And they won the playoffs at least once. So this is the dominant team from that league. Uh, last stage in the 2021-22 Clausera, 
They beat Aguila by just one point in the regular season, did so by having the uh, second-best offense and a top-three defense, giving up less than one goal per match. Key player to look for on this one, tied for number three in their league in scoring with seven so far in the stage, is Franco Arisala. He's a dual national, Colombian and Mexican, a forward veteran, 36 years old, who spent his longest stretch with a team called Chiapas, which uh, is either no longer ex- in existence or went away and then reformed at a lower level, but they are a former Liga MX team. And now Verdes, the green machine. We used to have a neighbor where we last lived, uh, me and Mom Pro and Person Noob, who uh, the grandmother was from Belize. So we enjoy following their little league. It's only got like six or seven teams. They're from Belmopan. They've won at least seven titles, and that includes uh, both stages last year, the opening and closing. Uh, in the 2021-22 Clausura stage, the last completed one that they played, they beat Altitude FC by 10 points in the table in only 10 matches with a 28 and 2 goal differential. They beat Platense last round, also from El Salvador, just like their opponents for this match, uh, 2 to 2 on aggregate, but then the away goals tiebreaker got used. They scored more goals on the road and surprisingly got to advance. Good luck to them today, but I have a really strong feeling they're going to need my wishes and plenty of others. Match number seven. More Wednesday action, and we return to Asia yet again, this time for the aforementioned Secondary International Club Tournament, the AFC Cup, which is built for the champions of some of the less soccer-focused or just, frankly, smaller nations, and then some of the runners-up and such from some of the larger and uh, medium-sized leagues from all over Asia. It's a very cool tournament. They've reached their round of 16, Just like the Champions League, they're not going to play a two-legged tie. This is one undone on the match. Playing host for the one we're going to feature is Kuala Lumpur City out of Malaysia. They will be taking on Indonesian's PSM uh, Makassar. Might be Makassar, I'm not sure, but they generally go by PSM. The winner might get a bye because they're slated as things stand to play ATK Moen Bagan which is from India, and as we mentioned before, their FA has suspended everybody over there. So here's to hoping that gets lifted, to be perfectly honest, and you actually get to play all the games. In any case, the series between these two, well, they've only played one other time uh, ever, if at least recently, and they played to a draw, and that was right in the group stage of this particular event. They played in the same one. Kuala Lumpur, I love their crest. Uh, It's got a standard shield, you know, very nice on the inside, but it's got an affixed uh, sideways peering tiger head on the top. It almost looks like a door hanger or a Christmas ornament. It's a little bit strange, but kind of cool. I like anything that's different. The league there is a top 10 league now in the AFC. They jumped up to number nine, up 11 spots, uh, which I think means next year they will be sending a couple of teams to the AFC Champions League and maybe nobody to the AFC Cup. That is really a long ways to climb. KLC, they qualified for this event by being the FA Cup winners back in 2020, 2021. They haven't won anything else really over the years, save FA Cups. They do very well in those since 1990. They advanced from the group stage as the best second place finisher. Uh, They lost out to PSM, their opponent today, by one on goal differential. They were tied on points. In their current league play, they're only in sixth place right now. And, uh, Really, 
I can't say there's a problem in any one area. The offense is pretty average. They get one and a quarter goals per game. The defense, uh, it's also uh, right there on the line or in the middle of the league statistically, but one and two-thirds goals per match does seem like an awful lot. On the offensive side is a player that you could look out for, Brazilian Paulo uh, Josue, J-O-S-U-E. He's got five goals on the season, veteran, 33 years old, plays midfield for them. The team, their form is a little interesting. They're 1-1-1 one, one, and one over the last three, but they haven't been generating much offense. They've only gotten one goal and given up five over that stretch. Looking to play spoiler, PSM. Uh, Macassar is the number five size city in the entire country with a metro overall area of uh, two and a half million. It's in the eastern part of Indonesia on the southwest corner of the island of uh, Sulawesi. Uh, they are known as the Red Fish. I'll let you insert your own uh, Dr. Seuss joke here. Maybe there's another team in the league that's called One Fish or Two Fish. Okay, I inserted my own joke. They should be the CQ covers because that's one of the biggest uh, things that they, uh, you know, that they farm, if you will, and collect and export. I think that that would be a fabulous mascot, and they should attach it right on top of the shield. Okay, maybe that would be too phallic. I'm not sure. Anyway, they qualified by winning the 2018-19 FA Cup. Uh, they've had a lot of cancellations for various events uh, for COVID, and that's why they're having to reach this far back to find the entrant that they're going to have qualify for this as they did. They advanced by beating a different Malaysian team last round, 2-1. to one. Uh, That was Keda Darul Aman. By the way, the team is ranked just inside the top 150 in all of Asia. I'll give you a little overall perspective. They have never won their domestic league title. They've actually been to the Champions League in Asia, despite that, four different times. Uh, 2000, 2001, they made the qualifiers, and that's quarterfinals, rather, and that's the best they've ever done. This is their third ever AFC Cup app and uh, appearance, and this is the best they've ever done, getting as far as they are right now. By the way, I mentioned their league play. Uh, it is just the number 25 ranked league in all of the AFC, so not nearly good as Malaysia seems to be, at least according to the coefficients. Uh, it's very early in their season this year, but they're in second place. Last year, they had the fifth best offense of the league, but they had a top two defense. Uh, tied for uh, tied for the 10th place in scoring, so just barely on the leaderboard, is the singularly named Everton. As you might guess, he's Brazilian. They tend to do that in the soccer world. He plays forward for them. He spent most of his career in this part of the world, a little bit in the Middle East and a fair bit in Southeast Asia, although European footy fans, this could be a... Uh, whatever happened to mini segment, if you will, he did play for a Portuguese team. Do you know it? Maritimo. Yeah, not one of the bigger ones, but still a neat little factoid. Their current form, they have won three straight matches. Match number eight. One more Wednesday match to offer up, but you're only going to get a tiny bit of information this time because... I am feeling a little bit peckish. This is the time of show where we usually take a culture break. That usually means a recipe. Now, the match that we were going to cover was from the UEFA Champions League, the playoff round right before the group stage. They are at the second leg of the two-legged tie between Trabzonspor out of Turkey and Copenhagen out of Denmark. And by the way, Copenhagen won the first leg 2-1, to one, which is why I picked this one. It should be very, very competitive. could come down to a shootout. But that's all I'm going to tell you about this because I found a great little recipe to share from an area just to the west of the city of Trabzon, where that Turkish team plays for. It's called uh, the region is called uh, 
Aksabat or Akshabat. Can't remember what that diacritical mark below the C means, a soft S or an SH. In any case, this is in northern Turkey, and uh, we're going to talk about Aksabat Kofti, meatballs. Now, Kofti, meatballs, not all that impressive in terms of uniqueness, but they do have a particular way of preparing it from this region. Now, the most unique thing about it is that in this area, just west of Trabzon, they only use veal from a specific kind of uh, animal that they have raised there, and they raised there, and they only use calves, nothing else. Also, and I wish I could have found the specifics on this, they only use certain specific parts of the veal calf when they're making the meatballs. Now, I wasn't able to find out what parts, but I went to a number of sites. Nearly as I can tell, whatever parts they are, they're not very fatty parts. This is uh, very lean and yet very, very juicy meat that you want to use for this meatball. And that's what's going to help you get a very special taste for it. The other thing is, if you don't like garlic, you won't like these because they use a lot of cloves of garlic uh, per unit for these meatballs. Ingredients you're going to need, you're going to need your ground uh, veal. You can also mix in ground beef, comes recommended. A couple slices of bread or bread crumbs. Three cloves of garlic to just one pound of veal. That's a lot. Uh, for that sort of amount, you would want to use a, a whole onion, grated, and then salt and black pepper. So not a ton of really crazy ingredients. The veal and the garlic are really the key. By the way, if you were ever to make this, in case the recipe doesn't show it, if you use sliced bread, soak it in water, and then only use the inside of the loaf. Do not use uh, the side, do not use the ends to have more of the golden brown part. Now you're gonna put uh, the beef and the garlic and the bread, put it all in a food processor and blend it really, really well. Whatever you think you might chop up normally for meatballs, you're going to make much tinier plate, uh, much tinier pieces for this particular recipe. That's the third thing that sets it apart. So you get your meat mixture in a glass bowl, stir in the grated onion, salt and pepper to your taste, mix it all very, very evenly. Cover it with plastic wrapping. You want to let it sit in the fridge for a few hours. It's not going to marinate. You're not asking, you know, doing something new, but you really want to give those uh, flavors a chance to blend because what you're doing by making it that thin of a meat mix is you're breaking down the protein structure. So you'll get a very, very unique taste if you let all these things have time to mix and get to know each other. You grab some of the meatball mixture, shape it into balls, press them flat gently onto your surface. Uh, by the way, you can grill these or use a nonstick skillet. Nothing really surprising there. Do it till it's golden brown. The other thing, if you want to be really traditional that you can do, is serve this not with rice pilaf, but with bulgur, which is kind of wheat from that area if you can find it. A bulgur pilaf, green salad uh, to drink, super, super traditional. You can use a uh, iron, which is a yogurt and water drink with salt added in. It can be carbonated or not if you're not looking to make it and just go out to an international market to buy it. And then roasted vegetables like tomatoes and peppers. And if you can get all those things, and I think you can order this kind, this specific type of veal calf in the U.S. and Canada, from what I read, then you can make these very special meatballs. Match number nine. Our final two matches of the regular 10 we will track are Thursday matches, closing out our week strong with a couple more UEFA tournaments. We will start with the international club tournament that is the Europa League. They are also in their playoff round, the second leg of the home and away two-legged ties. There are 20 teams right now that are still alive 
at this level, 10 of them will get to advance. The losers will drop down to the Europa Conference League, the tertiary tournament, straight into the group stage. One of the matches that looked most intriguing to me was Heart of Midlothian versus Zurich. And I really, I keep seeing Heart and Hearts, depending on whether or not you use the of Midlothian in the name. So please, any uh, any people with an affinity for the Scottish League, if I'm getting it wrong, uh, mea culpa, I beg for your forgiveness. Uh, Zurich out of Switzerland, of course, they won the first leg two to one, but we will talk about Hearts first. They play out of the capital of Edinburgh, one of two teams that are based there from the top flight league, the Scottish Premiership. The other one is Hibernians. Uh, Hibs, they get their support from the north and east part of the metro area. Everything else in the metro and then south and beyond is all Hearts territory. Midlothian is the name of a historic county. And yes, the club name was named, in fact, for you liberal arts majors, uh, by the Walter Scott novel of the same name as the club. They've only made one modern Champions League appearance, made the third qualifying round back in 2006-2007, and only made the Europa League group stage once. That was back in 2004-2005. So they have a chance to do something they have rarely done. Uh, Last year, they were in the Europa League as well. They fell out in the second qualifying round. They've won the league title four times, but you got to go all the way back to 1960 when they hosted that particular trophy. Obviously, uh, Celtic and Rangers have had control of things more or less since then. Uh, They qualified as the number three finishers from the Scottish Premiership last year, finished 27 points behind second place Rangers. It's really a a two-horse show over there. Uh, So hearts are the best of the rest. And in fact, by quite a bit, they beat number four Dundee United out for this particular international berth by 13 points in league play. I didn't realize they were ranked this high, but they just keep climbing up bit by bit every year. They are now a top 10 league, number eight in all of UEFA. I don't think they'll catch the Premier League anytime soon, but good on them for getting into the single digits. 2021-22, they're very early in the current season. Uh, This team had the uh, third best offense, but they didn't even score a goal and a half per match. And they had a top five defense, so pretty well balanced for not being, you know, Celtic or Rangers. Uh, On the league scoring leaderboard for them last year and still with the team now, he had 10 goals, was Liam Boyce. Uh, internationally, he is eligible for play with Northern Ireland, plays forward for them. And in fact, for his own country, he has made 28 national team appearances. Tied for second best in assists last year and still serving them well, their winger, Barry McKay, who actually spent his first few senior years uh, with Rangers. At one point, probably the biggest club he ever played for was Swansea City over in, well, what was the Premier League? Now they're in the championship. And they had the second best goalkeeper last year in terms of clean sheets with 14 of those 39 years old, long in the soccer tooth, Craig Gordon. He spent his first few years here, climbed to some slightly better teams like his several years with Rangers. And now here at the end of his career, he has uh, come back home, so to speak. 70 national team appearances he has made for Scotland in the meanwhile. Team's current form, uh, before their loss to Zurich, uh, they were 2-1-0 in their last three in league play, maybe their only three actually, with a 7-3 and three goal differential. And now looking to defend their league from back home, coming to town, Zurich. Uh, the Swiss Super League is ranked number 15 in UEFA. This team has won 13 league titles. 
Before they won the title this last year, the last time they won it was 2008-2009. And the 2011-12 season, they made the Champions League group stages. That is the best they have ever done. So this is a team on the rise once again. Last year, they made the Europa League round of 32 before losing to one of the Italian powers, Napoli. That's tied for the best they've ever done in that event. Then they dropped down from the Europa League uh, to the Europa Conference League and went out in the second qualifying round. Advanced, they advanced to this round over Linfield from Northern Ireland, 5-0 on aggregate. As well, they should have. The Northern Irish teams are all semi-professional, I believe. Uh, currently, it's very early in their league season, but they're in fifth place. They haven't won any, uh, or no, not fifth place, last place, rather. Whoops, there's won five teams in that league. They haven't won any games, and they've got just a 1-10 to 10 goal differential. Maybe they've been playing nothing but reserves and been saving all their energies uh, for you know this two-legged tie. Somehow I don't think that's really the case. 2021-22 season, they beat Basile for the league title by 14, and Basile has been one of the two really big league powers in recent years. They have the second-best offense, scoring over two goals per match and a top-two defense to go with that. Now, last year, the guy that really helped them along with 20 goals, first uh, not first place, but second place in the league in league scoring, 20 of those. Asan Cisse, he was also third best league in the assists, and now his services have moved over to the newly promoted Italian, Italian Serie A club, Lecce. So they're going to be leaning even more than ever on last year's number five league score. He had 13 goals. Antonio Marchesano, he's still with them, plays midfield. And last year, in second place in assists in the league, he had even more than Cisse, was Adria Guerrero, Spanish left back, 24 years old. He really likes to get forward. He came up with the uh, Barcelona system. So who knows, as he gets a little bit older, he might make his way back to the club of his youth. We shall see. And they had a very good goalkeeper. Second best in clean sheets last year was Yannick Brecker. Team's current form, they are 2-1-0 and in their last three with a nice 6-3 and goal differential. And now it's time for... Jokes in the jelly jar. Jokes in the jelly jar. Jokes in the jelly jar. Jokes in the jelly. I think I'm quite a felly. And you're kind of smelly in the jelly jar. <laughs> well, I'm not in the jelly jar. <laughs> that works well enough. All right. Are you ready for a joke from the jelly jar? Yeah. All right. Let me reach into the jelly jar. I don't have anything to make a jelly sound, so I'm just making an obnoxious knocking noise, and I'm sure the microphone will pick up great. Australia's biggest export person noob is boomerangs, but it's also their biggest import because I'm dumb. <laughs> Do you know what an export is? No. Export is something that you ship out, like a good that you produce. And an import is goods you bring in. So do you get it now, boomerangs? Chokes hey. are funnier when you have to explain them. Yeah. Last night I dreamt that I wrote Lord of the Rings, but apparently I was just Tolkien in my sleep. British accent. <laughs> All right, that's a good response. Fair enough. Let's see. I just finished my book on how to fall down the stairs. It's a step-by-step guide. <laughs> what do you call a, a train full of toffee? What? A choo-choo train. No. No? <laughs> no. 
My Irish friend invited me to see this awesome rock, but he only had a stupid plant with him. It was a sham rock. <laughs> Ooh, it, it was like somebody kicked you in the stomach on that one, huh? What's a bird's favorite country? I bet you can guess this one. Turkey. Yeah, you got it right. I'm correct. Why do ghosts use elevators to lift their spirit? The vent oh, <laughs> I guess that's the end of the segment. She no. decided she's leaving. I got one more that I think you'll like. Uh, where do sheep go to get their hair cut? The Baba Shop. Nope. <laughs> All right. Well, come back and we'll do the uh, we'll do the theme song one more time. Okay. Jokes in the jelly. I'm cool like Arthur Fonzarelli. Jokes in the jelly, jelly jar. Yeet. And match number 10. We're done. Finally. Ah, uh, yes, finally, Person New, but only for our main 10 previews. Don't forget, we still have our Super Cool 3 bonus matches to go that everybody got to vote on, and thank you very much for that. Soccer Noob USA on Twitter is where you can vote when I put up net more polls next Monday or Tuesday. But before we get into that, let's get through this final mini-match preview from UEFA's uh, the Europa Conference League, the Tertiary International Club Tournament. Just like the other two tournaments, they're in their playoff round, second leg of the two-legged ties. 22 teams vying for 11 spots in the group stage. From the Netherlands, we have Twente, T-W-E-N-T-E, hope I'm getting that right, versus Fiorentina from Italy's Serie A. Fiorentina won the first leg, 2-1. to one. So this has been really competitive. Now we get to play it in the Netherlands. Uh, they are known as, and I anybody who might be catching it from that part of the world, I hope it's not too naughty a word, they are known as the Tukers or Tuckers, T-U-K-K-E-R-S, which originally means just Easterners, people from the eastern part of the country. But really, it's also sort of anonymous with uh, uh, the B word, let's say. <laughs> Uh, it, it it can often be used in a very derogatory way. Uh, they play out of a city that I think I'm getting this right called Enschede. Uh, it borders the German city of Gronau, so it is way to the east. Uh, this part of that overall metro area, their city has about 150,000 people. Uh, the metro overall is about twice as big. This area used to be a big textile powerhouse in Western Europe, but as early as the 1960s, things really started to go downhill as uh, a lot of Europe was already starting to import from the Far East. And this is an area that's really probably never fully recovered uh, from that. The federal government spent a lot of money trying to rebuild things, but um, other than surface economy, I'm not sure what they really have going. Back to the footy. In any case, one league title. They won it in 2009-2010. Uh, this is a team that yo-yos a little bit. They were in the second division as recently as three seasons ago. They've been to what is now the Europa League and finished as a high, or, uh, gone as deep as being the second place finishers, but that was all the way back in 1974-75. They have made a few uh, modern era, if you will, this century more or less, Champions League and Europa League appearances, but they've never been to the group stage, made any noise, really. They qualified for this event by finishing in fourth place in the era DVCA la uh, last year, which is now the sixth ranked league in Europe. I believe they just passed Portugal for that. They finished three points behind number three Feyenoord and seven ahead of Alkmaar or a team that's more uh, commonly known there as simply AZ. They had the fifth best offense going. The defense was better, though. They uh, gave up just over a goal per game uh, was all. Last round, they beat uh, Kukariki from Serbia 7-2 to on aggregate. Really took them to task. 
In league play last year, they had a guy tied for third best in league scoring, Ricky Van Wolfswinkel, striker. He was also in the top 10 at assists for the league. He actually came over here from uh, Basel, which was where Basel, where he spent the longest stretch of his career, different Swiss club. Uh, but this is a guy who's played for uh, Norwich City and Sporting CP as well. So perhaps if you're a European footy fan, his name is already familiar to you. And then they had the second best goalkeeper in the league going as well, a German named Lars Unerstahl. Uh, he came up and played some senior ball at the beginning of his career with Schalke over in his homeland. Team's current form, before their leg one loss in this particular round, they had won at least 11 straight matches across all competitions and including friendlies. Bring forth the bonus matches! You vote, Team Noob listens, and the glorious content gets made. The first versus last place matchup that you have voted for is one that we call the... Route, 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 route of, 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 of the week, 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 week. And it is a Premier League matchup from Belarus, where they're just over halfway through the season, sort of one of those European summer leagues. It is the number 36th ranked league in all of Europe. That puts them right between uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina and uh, perhaps the weakest of the uh, big northern European countries, Finland. They get the minimum for international berths. One team to the Champions League, two will go to the Europa Conference League next year. Uh, on the other end of the spectrum, two of the 16 teams will get relegated. The third to last place team will have to play a relegation playoff and win if they want to stay up. Your matchup, number one, B-A-T-E Borisov, the perennial league power versus number 16, Dnepr Mogilev. Uh, Borisov, they lead Shakhtar Soligarsk by three on goal differential is all, and actually Soligarsk have a match in hand, so we might actually get a title race this year. In fact, there are five teams within five points of the league. We'll have to see how the second half of the season goes starting now. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Mogilev, they trail number 13, Arsenal uh, Zerzinsk by four points, and that number 13 slot represents true safety, four up the table from them. Uh, Bait Borisov, that stands for Borisov Automobile and Tractor Electronics. Uh, they play out of the city. Borisov is the Russian spelling, the Bel Belarusian spelling, and the name the city goes by is Barisov, or maybe Barisov, depending on how they treat that W on the end. It's in the northeast central part of the country, city of about 150,000 people. 15 league titles to their credit for this team. They won 13 straight from 2006 through 18. So the races have finally got a little bit more interesting, apparently, here in Belarus. 2015-16, they actually made the group stage, and they are the only Belarusian team to ever do that. Last year, they went out of the Europa Conference League in the second qualifying round, having finished in second place in their domestic league. Uh, this year, they've got the best offense going, scoring almost two per match, and a top two defense. Hard to believe they're not in first place on defense because they give up only just over a goal every other match on average. Top 10 score to look for from this one, he's got six on the year, is 
Stanislaw Drahun, midfielder, 34 years old. We're seeing a lot of veterans. Big theme. 68 national team caps he has earned through 2020, so his might be a name with which you are familiar. As far as the team's current form, they are 1-1-1 across all competitions their last three. Uh, We always try to look for a little bit of hope for the team that's in last place. And uh, B-A-T-E, they just earned only a 1-1 draw at home against the 11th place team in their last match. Uh, Belshina, uh, Bobruisk, B-O-B-R-U-I-S-K. I shouldn't even try to say those, just spell some of them. Okay, and now Dnepr Mogolev. They are not officially known as the Lions, but they do have a very cliche lion on the crest. We always say every other team in the world, uh, they are named Lions or have Lions. Anyway, uh, they are also in the east central part of the country. It's a city of uh, Mogolev of just under 400,000. They're only about an hour from the Russian uh, border, the Smolensk Oblast or region. Uh, This was a big metallurgy center for the country. Now it's really more of a a port city as far as the main driver of the economy. And they've also been really big on leather tanning and general goods trade. Interesting. 2019, this club, uh, two clubs merged. uh, Look, L-U-C-H Minsk was the other one. And when they did that, they formed Dynapro, not Dnepr, Mogolev. Uh, this club's official history, I believe, now includes all the stuff from the Minsk team, not the Mogolev team. And then they moved to Mogolev this year. They hadn't been there previously. 2020, a club reformed here, joined the second division, and now they exist in this current form, Dnepr. One league title, 1998, for kind of the old Dynapro team, if you will. 2010-2011, they made their only modern international appearance in the Europa League, and they made it all the way to the playoff round, where they lost to Villarreal from Spain. Uh, No shame there. Last year, they only finished in fifth place in the second division, and yet they got promoted. Uh, The team that finished in third, they simply just withdrew from play, apparently, from all soccer. The club went away. Not sure why they got to uh, go up over the number four team. My suspicion is it has something to do with the grounds or other things for licensing to get into the top league, but so far it's a mystery. They've got just the number 13 offense in this league out of the 16, scoring exactly one goal per match, but their defense is even a bigger bugaboo. Worst by far, two and a half goals per match. Uh, Team scoring leader, uh, with four on the season is Kiro Gusev, attacker, 23 years old. He'll have to have a very big game, I'm sure, for them to even stay competitive in this one. Team's current form, uh, they won two matches ago, and that broke a three-match losing streak. Interestingly, that was 4-3 to three over the same number 11 team that their opponents today only managed to draw with, Belshina Bobruisk. And then they went on to lose 0-7 to the other team that might win the title, uh, Shakhtar Soligarsk. I think we're more likely to see a score like that out of this. Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, Okay, okay. Hey, uh, the management. (laughs) Can stop the theme song. Yeah. Um, The one that people voted for for most meaningless match in the world was a Saturday match that was supposed to be from the Honduras uh, Liga Nacional, number six CD Victoria, taking on number seven Honduras Progreso, but just found out that it has been postponed. So we can move right on to the next one. Meaninglessness redefined. And now here at the end of our podcast road, it is time to take a look at the two last place teams from some top flight league that you have voted for. This is the match of Disappointment! 
And the only thing that might not be disappointing, yes, I like to double up on my affixes about this match, is that if you were really hoping for the match of meaninglessness to give your, your Honduran soccer fix, fear not. The match of disappointing you voted for comes from the same league, Honduras, this league, Nacional, which, by the way, is the number three ranked league in all of CONCACAF, at least according to kick algorithms. That's up a couple, three notches of late. They are doing better and better in their international play. By the way, this is a Sunday match. The other one was supposed to be held on a Saturday. It's very early in the stage here, the Apertura opening stage. Only four to five matches in at the time I scouted it. But we make no excuses for these teams. They simply need to do better. Uh, They will be sending various teams to the CONCACAF League. These two teams will not be catching a sniff of that. I found conflicting information, uh, but I'm pretty sure that instead of zero, I do believe they have relegation and that one team will be sent down at the end of the year. And these are your two candidates. Number nine, CD Real Sociedad versus number 10, Olancho FC. Right now, uh, Sociedad lead Olancho by one. So the race is on to be the crappiest team in Honduras. Real Sociedad. We like to give these teams the business for being so darn bad. Personally, I think their nickname says it all, the uh, Aceiteros, the Palm Oilers. Now, I realize that that name comes from the fact that this area of the country is famous for producing and exporting African palm oil, but I'm going to go ahead and say, hey, this is soccer. You're not supposed to be touching the balls with your hands. Masturbadores, anyone? Maybe that would be better than Aceiteros. All right, normally we don't run blue, but it had to be done, I believe. This team plays out of the city of Tocoa in the department or state of Cologne. It's in the north central part of the country, about 60,000 people. They've never won a league title. They have finished runner-up four different times, including as recently as 2015-16. Oh, my goodness, too much time with the palm oil because they have sucked since then, I believe. Uh, this is their first time in Division One this run. They've only been in the top flight since 2012. Oh, and in fact, they were back down in Division Two as recently as 2018-19. So doing a bit of yo-yoing. The last full stage, the 2021-22 Clausura stage, they finished in ninth place. This year, they have just one win so far, and they're lucky to have even that, quite frankly. Worst offense, scoring only uh, a half a goal a match on average. Their defense is, well, ordinarily, it's a little bit closer to average. Uh, They're in the top six, but they're giving up up almost two goals per match. They have tied for the worst goal differential. I'll bet you'll never guess who they're tied with. Alonso FC, known as the Foles. Not nearly as disgusting as the Palm Oilers, but still the baby animal is not specifically the most uh, intimidating mascot you could have. Uh, they play out of the city of uh, Judicopa in the east central part of the country, about 80,000. The club is named for the department that they're in. Olancho is the state, basically. Um It's a big regional center for agriculture, food production, trade, because Olancho sits on the only paved highway in this entire region. But it is incredibly fertile and uh, worth the time to get there if you're looking for those agricultural goods, because due to their elevation or lack thereof, this is a really, really warm valley, much different than a lot of the rest of the surrounding region. Now, the club was founded in 2010. Uh, They've won Division II twice, so this is another uh, yo-yoing club, 2016 and 19. 
this year. No wins here in the top flight. Uh, they have the second worst offense. They're not managing a goal per match. The defense is actually pretty good. They're giving up a little over one goal per match, and that puts them in the top four. I gather it's just not a real high-scoring league, except for maybe at the very tip-top, to be perfectly honest. But the telling thing might be their number seven goal differential. I believe that Alonso could be the team that gets to climb out of the supposed or alleged relegation zone. I think it's a lot more likely to be Real Sociedad that goes down than Alonso, quite frankly. Team's current form, well, they just lost 0-1 uh, at home to number one CD Olympia. And while that's a home loss, CD Olympia is uh, one of or perhaps the perennial powers. So if I've got to pick a team that's going to be a little bit less disappointed in here, I would put your pesos on Alonso to at least get a result. But nevertheless, despite some of the uh, modest good things I have had to say about this team, and uh, none for Real. We will, as is our tradition, shoo them away instead of wishing them good luck in our traditional fashion. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Hey, boo! Boo! And that's a wrap on F97 of Soccer Noob Rocket America featuring Personoob. Thank you very much to the management for all of his editing and production wizardry, to Dan the Interno Inferno for all of his continued inspirational efforts, to my daughter Personoob. Kisses for you as always. Thanks so much for being a part of this. I sure appreciate that. And your string instrument stuff is getting better by the day. I just love it. And thank you to you, the listener, very much for finding us. We know you have a lot of choices. We endeavor to do something a little bit silly, a lot of fun, a fair amount of learning, and just flat out unique from anything else that is out there. Because of that, we hope that you will take the time to do us a favor and pass us on to your footy-minded friends. Until we can do it again in a few days, please have yourself a fabulous footy week. Take care.